This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is franchise today. Well, what can I say that hasn't already been said about my conversation last week with Ron Bender? That guy is a passion player. He loves everything he does, and everyone that I know that knows him, 1,600 plus strong, according to LinkedIn, loves him dearly too. Let me share something with you that I share with my guests most every week. People are less likely to remember the things that the guests say as they are likely to remember how the guests make them feel. Think about it. Podcast audiences are busy, busy people. They're on the fly, listening while driving, pounding treadmills, sitting on flights from here to there. Levels of attention and engagement are all over the road. But that said, it doesn't take undivided attention to convey the sincerity of someone who lives to pay it forward. That, my friends, is Ron Bender, and I'm so happy we were able to get him on. Today we do it again with Babs and Michael Barnett, a husband and wife franchisor team at the head of the table at Romp and Roll, a young childhood enrichment exercise, education, STEAM, and STEM concept with amazing stories to tell. But before we get to that, let me tease the incredible lineup of guests already scheduled for the weeks ahead, up to and beyond the new year. Coming up next week, you'll hear from Stefan Figley, president at 1-800-PACKOUTS, with another inspiring story about someone from the corporate world who got smitten by franchising but never saw it coming. Jonathan Thiessen, Chief Development Officer at Home Franchise Concepts, follows that. And then along comes Aaliyah Alston, who will be one of my rising stars of franchising. As co-founder, franchisor, and CEO at Icebox Cryotherapy Studios. And then in early January, in conjunction with the release of Entrepreneur Media's 2024 Franchise 500, Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief at Entrepreneur will be here to talk about the Franchise 500 and a whole lot more. So a lot to look forward to in the weeks ahead. And let me encourage you again to please visit our website, revisit some of the hundreds of interviews you may have missed, suggest future guests, check out my latest blog posts, and yes, please leave us a review and let me know how we're doing. Simply drop in at FranchiseTodayPodcast.com and I will be most grateful. Okay. A quick timeout, and I'll return in two minutes or less with this week's guests, Babs and Michael Barnett, founders of Romp and Roll, and their amazing one-of-a-kind story. Don't go away. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Franchisors of restaurants, bars, and grills, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. If you're looking to engage guests... Elevate profits and enhance your customer experience, Atmosphere TV is the answer. 
What's Atmosphere, you ask? Atmosphere is the world's number one streaming TV service for businesses, here to help you make more and save big on overpriced cable packages. Atmosphere provides you with a free programming option, bringing more than 60 ultra-engaging audio-optional channels designed to please customers and increase their average ticket. So, how does it work? Well, it's easy. Upon sign-on, Atmosphere sends you a free device loaded with over 60 channels of eye-grabbing entertainment, from news and sports to viral videos and fuzzy animals. Every channel is family-friendly and designed to keep your customers happy and engaged. Plus, thanks to Atmosphere's 100% audio-optional format, the programming is perfect for any setting, no matter how loud or busy. So, stop playing and paying overpriced cable. Go with free TV instead. Just go to atmosphere.tv forward slash sign up and use the code FRANCHISE and Atmosphere will waive the usual one-time $99 activation fee for your free-to-stream device. Visit Atmosphere online at atmosphere.tv and remember, use the code FRANCHISE to waive your one-time activation fee. Visit atmosphere.tv to elevate your franchise's entertainment experience today. Well, it's not every day that a U.S. emerging franchisor in the early stages of growth and development domestically winds up selling a complete country to a master who actually collaboratively with the franchisor awards hundreds of units in their country, especially when that country is China, and does so before the U.S. franchisor even hits a dozen units sold domestically. It's one of those stories that you just can't make up, but it's true. And you're going to hear all about it right now from Babs and Michael Barnett. Babs and Michael Barnett, welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. We're excited to be here, Stan. I'm excited to talk to you. I wish I could be with you. In the old days, we used to see each other a couple times a year, but I'll take this as second best. What do you say? Absolutely. (laughs) So it's very unusual that we have more than one guest at a time, but this is a story that um, life partners, right? That you're married, you're in business together, you're, you're married in every way possible. So we can't really have a conversation with one of you without having the other as well. So this is going to be a fun story to tell, and we're going to tell it the way we always do from the beginning? How did franchising find you guys? Well, I'd say the way it found us is we opened our first corporate location for Romp and Roll back in 2004. And less than a year later, we opened a second location. And I think like what happens with other franchisors, our customers assumed that we were a franchise and people were regularly asking us what it was like to be a franchisee of Romp and Roll. And after that happened enough times, we figured, well, people think we're a franchise. Maybe we should make this a franchise and started exploring what that meant. And this have been on the journey for the past 15 or 16 years ever since. So what did that look like? How did this manifest from a company-owned store to becoming a franchise? What did you know about franchising and where did you go to learn more? Well, we knew nothing about franchising. Our dream was to open this wonderful place for children and their families and something for the community. And Michael and I are wanted when we do something, we want to do it right and correct the first time. So we hired all the right people to build out the brand, the logo, the design of the space, the curriculum, the programming. So we already had a very strong foundation when we were running our first store. And then we 
within six months, we were opening up a second store. So a lot of the systems and the processes were in place. So it just lent itself for us to multiply this. And then Michael really dug deep and, and started researching what the definition of franchising is and what it meant. And it was just an obvious, like, this is how we can scale this wonderful business that we have built together. What year were you doing that, Michael? When did you really begin to take franchising as a business model seriously enough to start doing all that research? Yeah, so I think 2007 was the year that we really started doing a lot of research, reaching out to anyone that we could find to talk to us about their experience in franchising and trying to figure out if it was a path that we wanted to pursue. And then 2008 was when we wrote and registered our first FDD and awarded our first franchise. I think it was 2010 when we first met. I'm trying to remember exactly where I was. I think I was at Fran Connecting. I think I was trying to sell you software. I think that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and as I remember, the reply from you then was, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not certain that we really have this thing going to the degree that I feel like it was being treated by you then as maybe yes, maybe no. We'll see where this goes. But look, man, you've taken this thing to a global proportion, and we're going to talk about that and unpack some of that today. So walk us up from there to what became the next big milestone. Well, I guess the, the interesting part of our journey is, well, as I mentioned, we opened our first franchise location in 2008, which a lot of people probably remember as the middle of a terrible recession. So that was an interesting and not ideal time to try to launch a franchise company. But nonetheless, we did open several units in those years, 2008, 2009. Right around that time, I came to learn that once you are in a compelling category, which we are in, and you get a little bit of momentum in the U.S., there's people all over the world that are looking for the, the next hot franchise opportunity. And we started getting more inquiries internationally than we even were in the U.S., which was saying something because we were getting some interest in the U.S. But one group came along. It was a couple that were Chinese citizens, but living in New Jersey and had set a goal for themselves of acquiring the master franchise rights to the next big thing in the U.S. And they identified us. We hit it off. Actually, we, we did say no to them about 10 times, but finally felt like it was something that we would find interest in pursuing and ended up awarding them a master franchise agreement for China. And from 2010 to 2015, we helped them open about 350 units there. That is an amazing right. story. That's not something you hear every day. You hear U.S. franchisors aspiring to go overseas and sometimes doing it too early deflects their attention from the further development in the U.S. You launched a rocket. Well, I mean, to be fair, it did deflect our attention from the U.S. and it could have gone wrong a million different ways, but it didn't. Um, we had the right partner and uh, we built the right business model with them and we had the right amount of support and we had a great relationship and it was really magical. We built something really, really great together. Yeah. So it was not in our plan. They found us and took it from there. Well, that's what I said is always the case, Babs. Franchising yeah. finds us. You don't go looking for it. It finds us. So take us from there forward. What came next? Well, in 2015, our partners in China were looking to raise capital in China, and they were getting a lot of interest from different entities there. But uh, nobody was interested in being beholden to the folks in the U.S. under a master franchise agreement. So they bought us out, and we exited that business, and they have since carried on with the Romp and Roll brand, but independently of us as a franchise master franchisee. And then that gave us the opportunity, starting in 2016, to really turn our full attention back to the U.S. And we took some of the capital that we generated from the exit in China and did a lot of good development in our franchise system, some marketing and some personnel. And we're just getting ready to see all of the fruits of that coming to bear when our friend COVID hit in 2020, which was uh, obviously not a 
friend to a business that has built itself on a business model of groups of people getting together in relatively small spaces and socializing. So that was not a, not, not a fun time, not a fun time, but, you know, we were, we were able to take the little pause that so many of us experienced uh, during that time. And once again, put our heads down and, and did some further development on our system and, and on our training protocols. And boy, we came out of COVID stronger than ever. Our average unit volume in 2021 exceeded 2019. In 2022, we hit uh, average unit volume of $456,000, which for those who know the brick and mortar children's enrichment space puts us at the top of the ranking there for our category, which is something we're super proud of and are continuing through this year. And that just lit gas under franchise development for this year. So that put us in a place where we've been able to award 12 new franchise agreements this year. And we're in the process of getting a bunch of those open in the beginning of next year. I just think it's fascinating that a company can take your story and what you've done and did overseas prepares you so for the time and space that you're in today. I mean, early childhood enrichment today is the stem and steam of the hottest things on the planet. And while you, on one hand, could be viewed as an emerging franchisor, I view you as a very seasoned franchisor who's re-emerging and doing it again. But the level of experience that you have from that Chinese venture has got to be unbelievably powerfully important. Well, we certainly believe that if we were able to open 350 romp and rolls in China, there's no reason we can't do the same in the U.S. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) And the interesting thing about the time during COVID, I mean, we obviously had franchise locations open. We had a few corporate stores and we, yes, we are early enrichment, but we're also, our goal is to create a community in each neighborhood, like a third space. And it was amazing. The members, the current members that we had at all our stores supported us and they continued to pay their membership fees. So in the fear of of us, they didn't want us to close. So they supported us. We pivoted and we did some online romp and roll classes. And when we were able to come together again in public, then everybody was just dying to get out of their house and come back to romp and roll. So that was a really a a great testament to the community that we've built within the neighborhoods that romp and rolls are in. You're the second guest so eloquently describe the situation of young kids during the COVID era. I had a conversation with Stacy Ryan at School of Rock, and she talked about that very much the same way, saying, young kids breathing each other's vapors. (laughs) (laughs) But when you think about it, you would think that would be a devastating event for schools and businesses like yours that are so dependent on bringing people together when the whole world is shutting down. So a testament to the power of the brand that your people hung with you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Tell you what, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk some about your responsibilities today. What do you each do in this business and who else is joining you for the party? And we'll come back and do that with Babs and Michael Barnett. They are the co-founders of Romp and Roll. And we're going to take a quick break and come right back. Don't go away. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. In today's world, franchisors must apply systems that manage and support all aspects of franchise relationships. Whether it's supporting prospective franchisees on their discovery journeys or getting units open and properly supported, whether it's managing legal, compliance, and royalties, or managing franchisee location and ownership information. I'm talking about FRM Solutions and the power of one. One system, one tool that manages it all for multiple stakeholders across a single brand or across an entire enterprise for multi-branded portfolio companies. Yes, a single instance of FRM is all it takes across departments and across brands. One system providing a single source of truth that will push 
pull and integrate with data from other sources plus FRM offers dynamic and comprehensive dashboarding and robust reporting with customizations available across all departments and brands so replace inflexible take it or leave it platforms with a more personal approach and satisfy the needs of many with the power of one FRM solutions the only one that lets you have it your way visit frmsolutions.com to learn more or to order up a demo today. And the conversation today continues with Babs and Michael Barnett, co-founders of Romp and Roll. Michael, you said going into break that you awarded recently 12. How many are currently open and operating? Nine right now. We have uh, seven franchise locations in our two original corporate stores. And the other 12 are slated for in 24? So yeah, a couple of them are going to be opening in the first half of 2024 for sure. We did award a multi-unit agreement in Northern Virginia, which we're super excited about because we're headquartered in Richmond and they're on a development schedule. So they'll start next year and roll those locations out over the coming years. And then we sold a two-unit agreement in Houston market to complement the location we've got in Katy. And the rest are all single units and will open in the first half of the year. That's awesome. So it sounds to me like your role is franchise development. Yeah. So you could probably do a whole podcast on what it's like to build a company with your spouse, right? But one of the things that's great about the relationship that Babs and I have as co-founders of the company is we're both good at different things. And yes, I'm in charge of franchise development. I oversee marketing and finance and Babs digs deep on operations and uh, training and she's very good at company culture and building strong relationships with our franchise owners. And what we did right in the beginning, Stan, is we established which area of the business we were going to be ultimately responsible for to avoid any conflicts in or out of the marriage. So we we established that Michael would be in charge of what he talked about and I would be in charge of what I talked about. And then not to say that we can't collaborate, but at the end of the day, we each had decision-making power over those areas of the business. And it is definitely avoided some con- a lot of conflict over the years. And so you talked about some of the capital that came from your exit going into reinvestment into some parts of the business. What are those things looking like? What did you invest heavily in? People, first of all. So we're big believers in building out the franchise system ahead of what you need. And today we have, as I just mentioned, seven franchise locations, and we've got five full-time employees on our corporate team and a couple of fractional and part-time employees. So we have built a system that has tons of capacity and we're definitely ready to grow and, and support many more franchise owners. So personnel, uh, I'd say would be the first thing we invested in. Uh, the second thing that we've invested in heavily is our digital marketing and our search engine optimization. And that has paid huge dividends for us at the store level with feeding new customers and traffic into our centers, but also on the franchise development side of the 12 units that we've awarded this year, they are all organic and most of them came through organic search. So talk about what the secret sauce is that makes Romp and Roll when it's available in a community, the go-to place for moms to bring the kids. What's the significant differentiator with so many choices out there? Well, we specialize in children five and under. Those studies show that children five and under learn very differently than children older than that. So we were kind of, we specialize and honed in on that age set where some of our competitors go up to 13. The other thing is we have developed a customer 
customer service program that nurtures and takes care of our family. So it's not just about the children, it's about the entire family. When mom is exhausted and walking through our doors, we will greet her and take the kids off of her hands and help guide her into the class. Um, so we always go above and beyond to nurture and care for not only our children, but our families, the parents as well. I'll add one more element to our secret sauces. As Babs mentioned, we are intentionally very narrow in our age range. So we only serve children from three months to five years, but we've gone very broad in what we offer them. So instead of just a place where kids can take tumbling classes and maybe a music class, we have a full-blown art curriculum, which we've created. We offer science classes, dance, cooking, sports. So we really see ourselves and want to be the place, as Babs mentioned earlier, as a hub in the community where parents can bring babies, toddlers, and preschoolers. And no matter what is of interest to the child or maybe what the parent wants to expose the child to, we want to be a place that they can find that at Roper Bowl. Right. We want, we want to develop the whole child. So it's not just a physical. We, we work on cognitive and social as well through our variety of classes. And we talked about STEM and STEAM. We incorporate that into our construction class and our silly science class. So a lot of homeschoolers will use us as curriculum for some of their homeschool kiddos. And what kind of hours do you guys keep? Are you there from early morning into the evening? Yes, we're open seven days and we start our classes in the nine o'clock hour, 9.15. And some days we're there. We have a kids night out drop-off program and we'll be there till about nine o'clock at night. We do classes on weekends in the morning and then we do our super birthday bash in the afternoon. So we're romping and rolling a lot, Stan. <laughs> How about labor? How has labor in the fact that the world has changed and people don't want to work anymore? Does that impact your business given that you're dealing with so many different aspects of education and programming? How do you find people to fill those gaps? Well, it hasn't been easy. I think that COVID and people being home and getting supplement to their income has caused a different mindset when it comes to the work ethic. However, the nice thing about Romp and Roll is the culture and the reward. So it's greater than just the paycheck. It's the way that our staff has the ability to positively impact these young children's lives and their family. It's something that you can't put a price tag on. And the job satisfaction when you're at a romp and roll is just exponentially better than working at a retail outlet or even a desk job. So the rewards are, are great. And it, it allows us to attract the right type of person to nurture our families. So as somebody who's already played the franchise game at the level that you guys have in the past, this is a business question, I guess, in how we're seeing franchising evolve into a bigger business than just a single brand where private equity began that roller coaster ride probably 20 years ago. But now we're seeing portfolios of companies scaling the back ends with a common office and buying up eight, 10, 12 brands on the front end. What's the competition feel like to you in the space that we're in today where you aren't going this alone and so many others around you are building these empires, if you will? What are your thoughts on that? Well, we're building our own empire <laughs> and we know that that's, that that's what's in the future for us. But I, I find the whole entry of PE into these large franchisee groups to be super fascinating. And we're obviously watching that very closely. There are more and more uh, platform companies emerging, as you indicated. There's one major one, but we're getting calls all the time from folks that are looking to start others in, in competition to that, which is really interesting. But I, it's also, you know, for us, I mean, I can speak 
primarily to what I'm seeing happening at Romp and Roll, which is in our category, I alluded to our average unit volume earlier, a lot of our competition and even where we were previously, this was very much a lifestyle brand that was very attractive to folks that uh, were interested in a small business where they could really work with kids. And I feel like we're just growing up and getting into a place where a single unit is a really viable business opportunity. And the more that we're getting into talking to folks that are interested in, in multi-units, it could be a very significant business opportunity. And I, I mean, that's really, really exciting to us. And I think the challenge that we're going to face as we get into that space is going to be to make sure that we continue to attract franchisees that aren't just in it for the money. You got to have, as we say, the head and the heart for our business. You got to got to love kids and you got to love what our, our mission is. And you got to love the profits that can come along with it. And the folks that can get their heads wrapped around both pieces of that, I think, are kind of the ideal candidates that we're looking to talk further with. So when you talk about the programming that you're offering in science and some of it's not just romping and rolling, are you considering development of other brands? to actually franchise or would that just all fall under curriculum under romp and roll? No, I think that what we have and the opportunities that are out there, there's still a lot of territories that we need to open in. So we're really focusing on specifically what we're doing right now at romp and roll with all our programming. And I don't think that there's with the wide variety of classes that we have, I don't think there's really a need to start another brand at this time. Now, when we sell out of all of our territories, then you never know, you never know what'll be the next chapter. I'll add that we we intentionally didn't put the word gym in our name because from the get-go, we had this vision, as I said, of being sort of the one-stop shop. And the way that we have structured this brand and the way we present ourselves to the public, there's really anything that is enriching to babies, toddlers, and preschoolers would fit under our romp and roll umbrella. What about philanthropy? Are you guys big on philanthropy on any favorite charities that you support? Each location has the ability to support the charities in their area, and we continue to encourage that. We will, all of the franchise locations, do a lot of donations to help raise money. So we are very big on giving back. There's a local charity that we have been working with since we opened. They were actually our first customer. So we are very big with giving back to the community and enriching the community and giving back at the same time. Well, let's spend the time we have left talking about who should be talking to you, who should you be looking to talk with, in that you're doing both multi-unit as well as single unit. So you've got a pretty wide swath, don't you, for opportunity? We really do. Yeah. We're very interested in prospective franchise owners that are interested in multi-unit opportunities. We're certainly uh, happy to talk to folks, though, that want to start as well with single units. For us, and I suppose it's common amongst all franchisors, is we're just, we're looking for the right people with the right with the right mindset in the right markets and with the right financial profile. And when all that happens, that's where the magic happens. And, and we've been successful at that in the past six to eight months. And anybody that kind of fits that category, we'd definitely like to talk to you about joining us in our mission as we move forward. What's the typical footprint look like, Michael? Is it freestanding or is it an inline strip? How does it look? Yeah, we haven't really done any freestanding. It's, it's everything that we've done has been inline in kind of like class B plus shopping centers. Our prototype is 3,500 square feet. And what we're seeing right now is we're, we're clearly a, a destination type business. So we never pay the, the rent to be next to Starbucks or adjacent to a grocery store. But our original corporate location here in Richmond is in a shopping center that's about, well, now it's about 30 years old, I suppose, but we're right across the street from Costco. 
Francisco. And so we've got the high traffic in the area, but not necessarily focused in our shopping center itself. And that's sort of the model that we look at. And geography-wise, are you open and operating or available for interest in all 50 states, or are you restricting your territories geographically in any way? Right now, uh, this year, we are not in most registration states, but we're certainly going to revisit that next year and do probably at least the majority of those. So yeah, I would say that we head into 2024, we'll be looking at franchise opportunities throughout the country. All right. One last question before I allow you the opportunity to provide contact info. Toughest question of the day. You ready? Yes. Ready. What has Stan not asked you today that you wished he did? Oh, that's a good one. You were pretty thorough, Stan. I knew you were going to ask that because I've listened to your other podcast, Stan, and I'm still oh, not prepared. Very um, nice. <laughs> oh. How about the biggest mistake we've made? All right, go for it. I would say as a young franchise or we did not understand the need to be properly capitalized out of the gate. And as I said, have the resources to build a support system within our franchise company before we needed it. We're there now. I wish that we had had that from the get-go. And I think there's probably too many people that start to franchise their business thinking that they're going to bootstrap it with franchise fees. And probably 99% of the time, if not more, that's not a good idea. And one of the smartest things that we did was we held on to two stores as our corporate stores, which sometimes infuses money into the franchise system when it needed to. And as we grow, we'll probably franchise those two locations. But that is a great piece of advice for anybody that's new starting out in franchising is have your revenue coming in and your income coming in from some of your own stores. So you will have that financial support going forward. I think we call it proof of concept. At the same time, it helps to pay the bills and further develop the brand. Great input, Babs. Well, guys, I think it's time for contact info because I'm hoping that there will be somebody out there that wants to hear more. Oh, that would be great. So yeah, Babs and I are both active on LinkedIn. So that would probably be the easiest way to find us. We also share the email address info at rompandroll.com. And that's R-O-M-P, the letter N-R-O-L-L.com. And that's also our URL of our website, if anybody wants to check that out. This time has kind of breezed right by, but I really, really appreciate having you guys here. It's great getting caught up both professionally as well as personally and looking forward to seeing you out on the trail as we get back into the mode of live conferences again and expos and 2024 should just be a great year all the way around it's really been a pleasure stan thanks so much it's been yeah it's been wonderful catching up with you and talking with you today stan thanks again to both of you babs and michael barnett co-founders of romp and roll well that does it for today Next week, we're joined by Stefan Figley, president at 1-800-PACKOUTS, with another inspiring story about someone from the corporate world who got smitten by franchising but never saw it coming until it happened. Until then, please remember to drop a review, leave a guest suggestion, or just check us out at FranchiseTodayPodcast.com. It's always great hearing from you and most appreciated. I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions find them online at frmsolutions.com join stan every wednesday at noon eastern for another live episode of franchise today or as always download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or itunes